street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. here. This video may be the start of a series of videos where I'll periodically pause to point out things that even people familiar with street epistemology might miss. Let me know in the video comments below if you'd like to see more of these or perhaps you have a specific video in mind for me to consider for my next one. I didn't notice these two in the foreground of this shot waiting for me to finish until I began editing. This was recorded in early October 2019 before I was asked to stop affixing my cameras to things. I'm not uploading videos in order of date recorded. If you'd rather see this talk without all of my commentary, I'll have an unlisted version available here and in the video description. Have you heard of Discord? Yeah. Really? I'm confused. I've always wanted to try to do this. Would you be interested in joining the Discord server where you can actually engage with people who listen to this conversation? Okay. If you message me with that email address, I'll send you the link to this Discord server and then you can engage with people. So your name is Zach, so uh, people that might hear this conversation can talk with you about it. Hi. Oh, hey, how are you? Were you waiting to do an interview? You are? Okay. Um, what would you like to do? You want to keep talking or? It's a little hard to see here, but this guy's holding a Bible. He was passing out religious tracts and this was our second conversation. He didn't want his face to be recorded, but I ended up giving him a lot of time anyways. I've got some people that probably would allow me to record them. Okay. Well, why don't we end it? We, we talked for 30 minutes. Yeah, we did. Oh, wow. It seemed like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was that long. Let's see. I don't think that would take 30 minutes. <laughs> This, uh, I got 27 minutes right here. Okay. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you want to talk on camera? It bugged me a little bit afterwards that this guy seemed to be negotiating for more time with people that I'm not even sure that he knew. I'd already given him 30 minutes and it was clear by this point that these folks were waiting. Maybe he was enjoying the conversation. Maybe he was trying to interfere. I'm not sure. I don't know who you are. So you may want to know more about what I'm doing before you decide. Yeah. Uh, I talked to you yesterday, right? right. But um, you were with somebody different, if yeah, I'm not right. mistaken. Yeah. How are you? I'm Anthony. Good. I'm Kasia. How are you? Kasia. Nice to meet you. I'm nice doing good. Okay. Um, yeah. Can we wrap it up? Would that be okay yeah, with sure, you? Sure, sure. I'm out here all the time. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, between like 10 and 1 o'clock, let's talk some more. All right. Okay. okay? That was really fun. All right. It's all good. All right. See you around, all right? We had like a 30-minute conversation, so I'm like, I'm ready to move on to somebody else. <laughs> but uh, basically, I engage with people about their views mm -hmm. by asking questions to see how you can be so, so sure that it's true. And we pick a claim that you act out on. Did we talk about knocking on wood? Yeah, we talked about knocking on wood. Yes. So uh, we, we explored this view that knocking on wood actually had the ability to change the outcome of things. Mm -hmm. And we explored that by me asking questions. Okay. And if you're interested, I would like to record it, if possible. 
and I've got a camera up there, and there's cameras like there's like I got three cameras going. Are you okay doing a short talk on something like that? Yeah. I think I had three chats the previous day where we explored this idea of knocking on wood, and it was really neat to see that this person returned the next day with one of his friends. I'll have to look to see if the earlier conversation is worth taking the time to edit and upload. Okay. What's your first name? Keja. I'm sorry, I asked you that already, didn't yeah, I? Did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've been out in the heat for I think going on four hours now. Um, you must be hot. It is. I am a little bit. How do I spell your first name? K A S I A. K A S I Keja. That's very nice. What was the conversation that prompted you to come here and talk to me? Uh, I just basically explained to her like what I did, and it was just like, yeah, there's a guy out here talking to people, just trying to get them to like basically question mm-hmm. or think more about the stuff that they're just taught to believe. Yeah, that's a really good summary of what I'm doing. I was genuinely interested in hearing what prompted him to come back with his friend for a conversation. It was also neat to hear his characterization of what I'm doing on the campus. Okay, so which claim... Okay, do you want to be sort of a silent observer? Do you want to be my assistant? I can assist. I can try. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. If you find yourself in one of these situations, try to work out people's roles in advance. I'm also glad that I checked with her first to see if she was fine with him having a role during this talk. What claims specifically are you planning to make here? What is something that you think is true and you actually behave because you think that it's true? I can give some examples too if you need, if you'd yeah. like examples. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that uh, I know some people who think Oho is real. Have mm-hmm. you heard of this idea of Oho? Like, like if a, I if I compliment him on his backpack but I don't actually touch it. Uh oh. Did I need to touch it? Okay. This was a fun serendipitous moment. This guy was walking by and he must have overheard me use him as an example, as I often do during my talks. I don't think him and I have ever spoken before. Maybe people on the campus are becoming a little bit more comfortable with me being there. Fortunately, he doesn't stick around for very long. If he had, I would have addressed it with him. So then something bad will happen to his backpack because I envied it and didn't touch it. But anyway, I, I don't want to pick a belief that you don't think is true. Maybe you think that there's a higher power and if I pray to this God, I'll do better on a test. Yeah. Or maybe you think that vaccines, there's no way I'm giving those to my kids. That causes autism. We can talk about that. Okay. What is your claim specifically regards to a higher power? Do you think one exists? Do you think one is... What, are, what exactly are you saying about it? I think God exists. Okay. God. All right. When we are using this approach called street epistemology... We want to make sure that we fully understand what she means by certain words, and God is one of those words where we want to ask what she means by the word. Mm-hmm. I'm offering some rules of engagement, not only for him, but also for her to overhear. Shifting between conducting street epistemology to teaching street epistemology can be a little tricky, but it's a great use of my time, especially when I can record it and share it here with you. So um, a good question might be something like, when you say God, what exactly are we talking about here? Is it a specific God? Yes. Okay. Does it have a name? Jesus. Okay. Now that we kind of have a good idea of what she thinks is true, it might be helpful to get a sense of how sure she is that it's true. Okay. 
While it can appear gimmicky, I think there's real value in establishing a person's confidence in their claim. I've never regretted having used the confidence scale, but I've often regretted not having used one. I may have asked this to you when we're talking about knocking on wood, I'm not sure, but on a scale from zero to 100, how sure are you that this God is real? 100. Okay. Um, 100% would be, there's no question in my mind, there's no doubt, uh, I can't be mistaken on it. I'm as confident as I am that you're standing in front of me right now, or maybe even more so. Okay, maybe... <laughs> 80? Maybe 80 now? Okay. I appreciate your honesty. I'm glad we spent more time establishing her current confidence level, and you can see here she makes an adjustment, probably down to where she was already beforehand. Try to reassure people that it's okay to not be absolutely sure, even on deeply held beliefs. I'm really glad I asked that because sometimes I think people think they have an obligation to say they're more sure of something than they actually are. Mm -hmm. And this type of interaction goes really well when we're completely upfront with our views. Mm -hmm. Because the idea here is to see, am I justified in thinking that that's true? Mm -hmm. And if we're not being honest with our views, I suppose, it could interfere with our ability to critically examine them. Mm -hmm. Watching this now, it may come across a little preachy, I guess, but I really did want to acknowledge her honesty and encourage her to keep doing so. If you observe your interlocutor demonstrating openness and honesty, try to commend them for it, but don't overdo it. Okay, what would be a good question to ask to explore her reasons for thinking that this is true? Um, I like my head. Okay. What, what made you believe? I don't, I don't think What made you believe that this is true? That's good. Yeah. Because I've always been taught to believe in God, that mm. he is... Would you mind talking to up just a little louder? Oh. <laughs> I just want to make sure I get this. Um, because I've always been taught that God is real and, like, he is who, like, we are here for, Uh-huh. You've always been taught that he's real? Mm-hmm. Not, like, grew up learning and practicing like everything that has to do with God. Okay. Um, as you were growing up, a large part of that experience had to do with being taught that this God is real. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you see how I repeated it back to make sure that that's it? Okay. Can you think of a really good question that we can ask your friend here to, to gently push back a little bit on this reason? to gently push back. Yeah, what would be a good question to challenge her about her reason that I think you're giving for saying that it's true to 80% confidence mm -hmm. is that you have always been taught that it's true. Mm -hmm. So basically, mm -hmm. I feel like... I was preparing to ask another question there, but it seems like she anticipated where I was going and decided to give an answer. I would, I've, been, I've been told like... Mm -hmm. Okay, like, when you go to church, the preacher's, like, telling you, like, a, a certain lesson or whatever mm -hmm. to persuade you that God has acted in a certain way in someone's life. So, with, like, all that, like, growing up and learning, like, different reasons why, mm -hmm. it basically, like, made me believe that that's what it is. Growing up being taught that it's true and then hearing pre preachers talk about it some more 
is the reason why you believe it? Well, also because <laughs> I've like experienced like actual situations where okay. I felt that like... That was going to be my pushback question. I was going to say like... You've also had experience... Like personal experiences where I felt like mm-hmm. God helped me through it or mm-hmm. brought me here or something like that. Here's my question with regards to your personal experience. Do you think that that personal experience is a reason for thinking that God is real because you have always been taught that he's real? Yes. A couple of things here. First, notice how I ignored him and stayed focused on her explanation, not his. And notice also how I didn't ask her for her best example of this personal experience and instead opted to experiment with a shortcut. Okay, so in other words... If you had a similar personal experience, but you hadn't been taught that this God was real, would you be looking at that personal experience as a good reason for thinking that the God was real? So are you asking as if, like, I've never even heard, like, no one's ever told me about Yes. God. No one's ever told you about God, and then you had this experience. Would I automatically think, oh, this is God? Yeah. No, because hmm. I would, like, it would be brand new to me. I wouldn't know anything of it. Okay. Is it fair to say that the event that you experienced is currently one of the reasons why you're saying that the God is real because this has all been taught to you over the course of the last several years? Okay. That was a fairly long question, and I think I realized here that she may have been confused, so I ended up repeating it back just in case. If you hadn't been taught it and then you had the personal experience, you may not have looked at it as a good reason to think that a God was real. You might think of something else, perhaps. I, mean, I don't know how to, like, mm-hmm. response. Can you be worth Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're asking for clarification. Do you want to take a crack at, at re-asking the question that I was asking? Uh, it was good that she asked for clarity, and again, I wanted to commend her for that. In addition to seeing if he had a good question to ask, I'm also checking to see if he's paying attention to the conversation. I try to word it basically is like, if you had experienced this personal experience and not known of the God, what would you kind of like? Like, what would I blame that on? What would you attribute it to? Yeah, right. Good question. Yeah, that's a really good way of forming it. Again, some quick reassurances there. Um, I don't really know. I probably wouldn't really just think much of it like I would just like as of right now since I've grown up praising God it's like everything is for God Mm. but if I didn't if I never knew about anything having to do with God then all my situations would just be life Hmm. You wouldn't go the extra step to say that's a good reason for thinking that a God exists if you hadn't already been taught about the God is that is that correct or Am I off on that? Would you like me to repeat it? Not only did I repeat back what I think I'm hearing, I'm asking her to confirm if I'm correctly understanding. So in addition to making sure that you're on the same page, this active listening may also signal that you truly want to understand and not misrepresent. I think what you might be saying, and if this isn't it, correct me. The personal experiences that currently lead you to think that it's a God 
or that you're justified in thinking that it's a god may not be all that compelling if you hadn't been told about the god or taught about it at the start. Yeah. Okay. Did you catch that brief, wonderful pause? Uninterrupted pauses are a challenge, especially if you have other people standing around who are looking for opportunities to jump in. I don't know, because I feel like, aside from being taught about God, like, it's always, like, around. Like It's in our culture? Yes, like, if I, mm. if I personally wasn't, like, ever taught about God, like, people would still be talking about God, like, mm. aside from what I'm being taught. So I would still look into it and research it and all that. So My whiteboard is not only good for taking notes, it's good for reminding people that I'm taking notes. Inquisitively looking down at your notes can be a subtle way of showing that you're wondering about something that they may have said. Okay. Maybe I'm changing my answer to that question. That's fine. I don't look at it as actually changing it or flip-flopping, but maybe bringing clarity to your view. Mm -hmm. No one benefits when you talk past each other. So that, that's a good thing. So, yeah, I think I still would probably, like, I would look for a reason, basically. Like, I would, I would reach out instead of you would like, look for a reason to what as to, like as to why whatever is happening is happening okay if you hadn't been told about jesus taught about it then i would just turn to research and you had a personal experience it might cause you to start researching what it was that actually happened yes mm -hmm. is that right okay here's my last question and then um you can ask me any question you want in return, or if you th do you think is there a question that you'd like to ask? I, I, there's one that I'm dying to ask, but uh, would you like to ask your friend? Are you okay if we proceed? Mm -hmm. Okay. Here I'm checking to see if we're still okay to proceed. This is not something that you normally see in an argument or a debate, and maybe it's something that can become commonplace in SE talks, especially if you're teaching others about this method. I don't. I can't think of anything. Okay. That's fine. Uh, sometimes it's hard to think of these questions on the fly. Mm -hmm. Some gentle reassurance here that it's okay to not know what to ask next. If you find yourself getting stuck, try summarizing what you think you've heard so far, and that can inspire a great next question. So here's my question. Let's envision that there's a, a young adult mm -hmm. who is being encountered by somebody asking these same questions mm -hmm. on a university campus in Bangalore, India. Mm -hmm. And this person is saying that they're roughly 80% confident that Vishnu is real. And when we start exploring the reasons why, she says that I was always taught that Vishnu is real. And I've actually had personal experiences that confirmed for me that that was Vishnu that is the reason for it. This is the outsider test for faith, used to see if a person will be consistent when it comes to accepting or rejecting a related claim made by others. Do you think that that person's reasons for giving their 80% confidence is a good reason? I don't feel like it makes it true to who's asking the question, but as far as personal clarity, I do think so. Because you think that they're, they're on good footing for giving those reasons? Intentional head scratch to subtly communicate my confusion. 
Do you mean like? So basically, what you're saying is like a person's beliefs are tailored to their experiences. Like as like growing up in a completely different part of the world can change the experience on like what you believe. Like like for instance, he was saying in India, they believe in like a different god, but they have all the same reasons as us. Up to this point, I wasn't sure where he stood on her God claim, but since he said us, I think he might also be a believer. In any event, he's doing a great job of staying out of the way while I question his friend. So, the, like, okay, so for me, like, not only have I learned about God, but I've looked into everything and I read the Bible and stuff like that. So, mm. people in India, I'm sure, like, when they have a certain belief, like, it's not just... Like, it's not just specifically surrounded around this experience and this is what I've learned, mm -hmm. but also, like, everything else, like, research and all that, too. So I do, mm. I do think that them justifying their beliefs with those reasons is valid. Not an entirely confident answer there. Is valid. So if we if we were to actually get in an airplane and fly to Bangalore, India, and meet that woman who was 80% confident that Vishnu is real because she was taught about it, and then when she has personal experiences, she thinks that it's Vishnu, a completely different god than yours, that those reasons alone are sufficient for her being 80% confident that that god exists. Okay, are you asking like, would she be able to prove to me that like, would she make me believe? No, no, no. I'm not asking if you'd find it convincing. Okay. I'm asking if she should. I love this line. And I think it takes pressure off of your conversation partner. They don't have to convince me or anyone else. I really want to understand how they became convinced. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think that, no. I think that there should be more into it. There should be more validation towards why. Okay. More so than the reasons that she's currently giving. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. You did phenomenally. We're not quite done here yet, but I think it's really important to commend your conversation partner for having participated in the talk. This is something that I would love to see more of in street epistemology examples. Seriously, I think it takes a lot of courage and bravery to have somebody that you don't know explore your beliefs like that and be open and upfront as, as you were doing that. So um, I'm very, very grateful for your time that you did that. And thank you for bringing your friend over. Would you like to ask me any questions about what I'm doing or about this topic? This is my card. Um, I think I gave you one already. You, did, yeah. you still have it? Yep, and the magnet. I, ran, a, I ran out of magnets <laughs> and stickers. Giving people a little something to possibly help them remember the conversation or maybe even lightly incentivize them to come back has been a real game changer for me because it's not difficult to find somebody to do one talk, but I don't have a lot of examples where people come back for multiple conversations and that one little gesture can make, I think, a difference. Yeah, actually, I might have I might have a sticker there, but would you like one of these three pieces as a gift? Which one would you like? Thank you. Go for yellow. And since you came back for a second time, you get a piece too? Okay. Oh, you got a yellow one still. Yeah, Very nice. Get, uh, Very nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, the idea here is if you want to come back for more, mm -hmm. in between thinking about the questions that I've asked, let's completely get into it. Let's completely walk through this belief. Mm -hmm. And 
continue to explore your reasons for your confidence that this is true. Okay? But yeah, at this point, if you want to ask me any questions... Do you believe in God? I don't. Oh, she went right for it, didn't she? Now, in the past, I was a little bit more careful in revealing my position on the claim being discussed because I don't want to influence the direction of the talk. Now, lately, I think I've been more open to it. I think I could do it in a way that can demonstrate openness, thoughtfulness, honesty. Just keep in mind that if you do reveal your position, it could make a person more defensive. I don't think Vishnu is real. I don't think Allah is real. I don't think Jesus is real. Because when I look at the reasons that a lot of people give for thinking that this is true. Notice that I pointed down to my board with her reasons. Another subtle reminder that I've been paying attention and question her reasons myself. They don't seem sufficient to me. Because I, I could be taught something is true and have personal experiences that seem to be confirming what I'm being taught, what I've been taught, and be completely wrong. But, okay, so aside You don't think from, it, it would give you more comfort knowing that, like, mm. you have something to believe in and look forward to after death? He raises this idea of how beliefs can give us comfort. Now, rather than addressing it with questions, I felt comfortable sharing a personal story with them. Narration can be a great way of personalizing yourself and helping others consider your thought processes more objectively. Yesterday, I think, is the anniversary of the day that my dad died. I think it was yesterday. It's horrible that I don't know. But I got the reminder on my phone. And it would really give me a lot of comfort to think that he's in heaven, maybe, or he's he's going on to some other life, mm -hmm. and that I'll see him again, and we can play baseball together. But I don't have good reason for thinking that that's the case. So it might be a bitter pill for me to swallow to say, as much as I would like to think that that's true, I don't have a good reason for thinking that. So it's more important for me to be honest about my reasons for validating my confidence than the comfort I might get for just accepting a claim because I get benefit from it. I do wonder if the people who have been advocating for me to reveal my position on the claim being discussed are kicking themselves now because I think I could do it in a way that propels the conversation further, but not to the point where I'm advocating for a specific worldview. Yeah. So... Uh... From the start, you never believed in God. Like I, even as a kid. Um, it's funny. I was raised and taught that God exists. Okay, so what cha what changed your is this what changed your mind or? Questioning, questioning changed my mind. Now it didn't it didn't take a guy with a camera and a whiteboard mm -hmm. asking me questions. Mm -hmm. For some reason, at a young age, I was the one that did the questioning. I was questioning myself. Mm -hmm. I was questioning the teachers. Mm -hmm. I was questioning the priests and the nuns. And none of the reasons were sufficient at a young age, like at eight or nine. So maybe when I was five, if you asked me if I believed in God, I'd probably say yes. But if you asked me when I was 10, I'd probably, I'd probably say yes, but I was lying. Because I understood how important it was to the people around me that I believed it. So I was a really skeptical, questioning kind of kid from so a young age. So when you hear about like Jesus' disciples and stuff, because I'm sure you know like the stories. Oh, yeah. So do you like disagree with everything or do you like... I'm getting a little concerned about the time and my equipment here. As a general rule, it's not a good idea to pull out your phone or engage in other distractions when you're having these kinds of talks. Do you think the Bible is pure fabrication? Ooh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I think 
there are useful things in the Bible. Do you mind if I, uh, would you mind holding my board while I put new batteries in my mm -hmm. devices? Because uh, they were about to die when you walked out. So I'd hate for them to end just now. I'm showing a little trust here by handing one of them my board. Now, I'm not sure why I handed it to her instead of him. I think she just may have been closer. Do I think it's a fabrication? I mean, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist to say like, this is something that people created to control the population or anything. I think it's conceivable that people believe that stuff. A lot of people thought that there was a guy and he was healing people and he rose from the dead and we got to jot this down. I'm, I think I'm willing to accept that the claim that people believed it, but it's a different statement than that it's true. Ooh, an unexpected pause there. Did my explanation land with them? Were they confused? Something else? It's hard to say. But here, let me let me just tell you. Oh, you got it? Thank you. Please don't try to look at this as, what can I do to convince that poor man that he's wrong? <laughs> I'd, I'd urge you not to do that. I would, I would urge you to try to look at this as... How can I build my foundation on my beliefs? Yes. How can I demonstrate to him that I've used a reliable method and good reasons for getting to my conclusion? I reworded her summary a bit and she didn't push back, so I think we're on the same page here. So what do you suggest as finding good reasoning? For what, anything that ah, you that's a good question. What do I suggest that would be a good thing to use like, yeah, like, to get to a conclusion? Yeah, like where do I look into or how, what kind of research do you suggest? What kind of research do I suggest? Or like anything. What do you suggest period? Like on any belief that you have, what's a good way to kind of just like ground, I'll that. Thank build you. a foundation around it? What's a good way to build a foundation around any belief? Right. That's a good question. Here I'm commending them a little bit more. Don't give it if you don't mean it. Let me stick this guy back up. You guys are asking good questions. <laughs> this question took me a little bit by surprise and they could have been trolling me, but they seem sincere. Okay. In retrospect, it kind of frustrated uh, me to think that these students may have never been taught how to evaluate truth claims. Okay, got that going. And I need to switch this one up too. So when I hear somebody who makes a claim, whether it's, thank you for holding that, whether it's that if I knock on wood, I can successfully navigate the stairs, or um, I had this feeling and I'm sure that it's God. I would look for ways to be able to validate it and verify it and test it. But as far as before accepting it or before building anything on top of it, don't you do the same thing with other beliefs? So, I dropped the ball here. I ended up talking about my requirements and not answering them about how they might be able to improve their skills. It may have been good to suggest a resource or two for them. Feel free to leave your suggestions for them in the comments below. Well, I feel like there's not really a way. one true way to test God. God it's just God's like, like, there's no way to test it. Like, Notice how they brought it back to the God claim? It's still on their minds. And now we're talking about it in terms of the context of testing. Not canceling it out, but to my knowledge, like I wouldn't know, like I don't know how I would be able to like actually test to where I would know for a fact that God is real. Mm -hmm. Besides from all the research and everything else that I've already said.
as far as like if you're taught like a math problem you can easily figure out if that is like the proper way to solve it you can plug in the numbers yeah. and she brings up a math problem which is a great example so i attempt to build off of it here with her if we saw an algorithm or an equation, we could perform a test on it to determine what the result is, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying is that it's not apparent at this point in your life how we can actually go about testing your conclusion that God is real. Yeah. And yet, Even with history. Oh, oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. And yet you're 80% sure that it's factually true. There's that interruption that I mentioned could happen earlier. Now, I didn't mean to be rude to him, but I wanted to stay focused on her reasons and not let either of us get too distracted by him. Why would anyone be 80% sure that something is true and they admit that they can't test to see that it is? It's kind of like... Yeah. Can we let her think about that? I feel like... I'm 80% sure because of... I truly wonder what's happening in our minds in these moments. Is she creating a reason to maintain the belief? Is she surfacing her next well-thought-out reason? It's hard to say. Basically, like it all just makes sense to me. So I started researching other religions. I researched Christianity, Judaism, and... Honestly, none of them made sense to me. Nothing added up. So, mm. not I don't, me personally, I necessarily don't need God to come stand mm. in front of me for me to feel like he's real. Mm. I feel like everything that I've been told and I've researched, experienced, gone through and all that, like, mm -hmm. that is enough proof for me to believe like, mm. God is real. I'm nodding my head here to show understanding, not agreement. There's a slight pause, and then I reframe her confidence in terms of testing. It sounds like what you're saying is that you're content with not having the ability to test whether God exists or not. I am very content. You're okay believing something that you can't test to be sure is true? In this case, yeah. Hmm. Once you get an admission like that, explore their limitations. How far are they willing to go with that outlook? Are you content to believe in things besides the God claim? Will you just believe anything? No. Why are you making an exception for this claim? Because I just, like, I just feel, like, I, I, like, I feel like I know mm. that he is real. Like, everything that I've been through could, mm. like, vouch for all that. Mm -hmm. If that Hindu in India told us the same thing, Would you find it compelling? Would you find it... I mean... Would you find it noble to believe in something that we can't test? I'm starting to notice her friend moving around a bit more. Maybe he wants to wrap it up and get going. I mean, no, because, like, with religion and you believing in a certain higher power, I feel like it's just, it's all personal. Mm. Like, everyone mm. knows that you're not going to see this God walking around or you're not, like, I can't see him or talk to him face to face. Mm. But as far as you going to your church or your whatever, it's like you learning and believing more. Mm. Okay.
You've been very uh, kind and patient oh, yeah. uh, sitting off <laughs> to the side here. It's really tough for observers to not jump in, and overall, I thought he did a really great job. Um, well, I'm tempted to keep asking you questions. Mm -hmm. However, one thing that I found by doing this is that sometimes, sometimes I can ask so many questions that it overwhelms the person, mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that. I think it might actually be beneficial if we ended at this point, mm -hmm. and then you can think about the answers that you've given, mm -hmm. and I can think of better questions to perhaps ask you next time around. Okay. And then you can come back up and we can keep exploring this idea of believing something even though we may not have a good justification for it. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Thanks for bringing you by. What did you think about the talk? Are you? Did you regret that he brought you by? or No? Okay. Good. I was actually really excited too. Really? Did you watch any of my videos before talking to me? Um, Did you watch any of my videos? No? Okay. Oh, after we after. talked. Yeah, not before. That's what I meant. But I, I, I Googled you and everything. Mm. How many videos did you watch? Just one. I do often wonder what impact watching some of my videos before or after might have on my interlocutors. Do you remember what the topic was? I do not. Okay. I you don't kinda, remember the topic? No, I just kind of like, you know, was reading about you, just clicked on the video, watched a little bit, got off. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> See the benefit of asking questions? I have a better understanding of how much of my content he's actually familiar with. If you search for street epistemology and then my name Anthony on YouTube, mm -hmm. you can see examples of me using this technique where I'm asking questions and challenging people and, and that, that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? No more questions for me? Okay. Thank you. It was really my pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And I do hope that you come back for, for more discussions. I will. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. All right, Keja. Bye-bye. Approximately 20 minutes later. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Because, I'm going to interrupt you, but um, I just I, my two interlocutors who um, I just interviewed are now sitting. You know, you know that picture that I uploaded? Sorry for the shaky footage. My chest camera was unclasped and was dangling from my shoulder. With the microphone and the table, they're now sitting 15 feet away from it at the top of the steps. And uh, I wonder what they're discussing right now. Um, it makes me wonder if they're actually a part of this group. Wow. So they participated in that conversation and came right over here to sit next to a table and all this other chaos. Hmm. It's funny. I'm, I'm actually noticing lots of people who I've talked to before. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you found this format useful. What video should I break down next? You can leave your video suggestions in the comments below and please subscribe if you haven't already. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization.